I am Chris. Uh, showed up here almost going on almost three years now. Uh, they found me on the on the doorstep. They kept me. They fed me. They loved me, so I stayed. Uh, <laughs> and then I was an intern. Uh, and then I'm like destroying lights and stuff now, so it's fantastic. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we've been going through rooted, right? And we're talking about our identities in Christ. Um, and a couple, it was a two or three weeks ago, Carrie, called, or Carrie, uh, Carrie McCall um, talked about, I'm called to struggle with God. And tonight we're going to be talking about wrestling with God. And in the English language, struggle and wrestling means the same thing. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point out a distinct, distinct difference uh, before we start. Uh, when we say struggling with God, we talk about why does God, it's like those, when you, when you take an earthly thing and you turn to God, for something, right? I have this anxiety from, from my test where I'm calling, I'm suffering right now, so I turn to God for refuge. And that's, that's a huge part of being a Christian. Wrestling with God refers to those, those things that we have within our heart, and it may be a fleeting moment, or it may be something that's right to the very, right to the very uh, fibers of your heart and your soul, that for some reason, no matter how, you, how, hard, how hard you try, uh, it just does not line up to what we think is Christian, right? Um, and I can go all semester talking about the, all the different ways. Am I on? Can you all hear me on the? Okay, cool. Um, I can go on and on about many different ways that we struggle as Christians, but I'm going to go through uh, two or three tonight that are not only great for young Christians, uh, but also college students. Um, but before I do that, I'm just going to go ahead and, and do some really intense Bible study with y'all. Uh, I've, been, I've been studying uh, Paul, whether it be through Carrie and, and the intern meetings or to Damien and Corinthians uh, during our Church of Two meetings or even in freshman life group or going over Romans. So this entire semester, I've been really getting dwelled into Paul and what his mission is. Um, and it has a lot to do with, with, what we, with what we do because he does point out um, a lot of what it means to be in God, um, living by the law. All right, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and talk. Well, I'll just open up. What do we know about Paul? Anybody? Former Pharisee. Pharisee. Jenna? He is an apostle. What gave that away? Um, yeah, so what, Paul, of course, is, it was a Pharisee, and then he became a Christian, a very, very powerful Christian, and he spends his, his mission, his whole mission is, uh, one, you know, getting rid of the boundaries, right, between Jews and Gentiles, that's a huge one, right? Uh, he basically says, look, like, there's, there's no more of that. It's not worthy, not worthy, we are all worthy, and we're driving towards the same thing, right? The picture has changed. Um, but he also calls out, like, the old order and the new order, right? Like, Jews did this. Now Jesus Christ has entered the picture. Now it looks different. Here's what it looks like to be Christian now by living by the law. And so I'm going to just go ahead and go through that in uh, Romans 2, uh, verses 17 through 22. Oh, man. So if you are convinced that you are a guide for the blind, a light for those who are in the dark, an instructing of the foolish, a teacher of the little children, because you have, you have in the law the embodiment and knowledge of truth, and then you, and then, wait, I may have to turn around, that's. Then 
Paul loves to do, he just loves to point out hypocrisy in, in, in the Jews. Whenever he's, whether it be Ephesians, Galatians, Corinthians, whatever it may be, he just, like, I call it the spiritual knife hand, right? Like, he just directly points at you and, like, and you know, puts them on the grill. You know what I mean? Like, he just really uses very, very colorful language. Um, and I'm, I, I, ironically, I wrestled through this scripture and it finally got to the point. He's like, what, Paul, what are you saying? Yes, we get it. There was hypocrisy. Yes, they, didn't, they weren't doing something right, but what was it? And in Romans 2, he actually does point it out. So I'm going to go into uh, verses 27 to 29. Does anybody want to, like, read that? <laughs> got you, dude. The one who is not circumcised physically and yet obeys the law will condemn you who, even though you have the written code and circumcision, are a lawbreaker. A person is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is the circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a person is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the spirit, not by the written code. Such a person's praise is not from other people, but from God. Right, so, and that's where I'm going to sort of camp for a second, because that inward part of, of looking into, uh, you know, he's talking about the circumcision of the heart, he's calling us to look inward. It's not so much by a written code, it's the superficial outward telling of the law or embodiment of the law. It's all about looking inward now, right? It's all about embodying the law throughout yourself in mind, body, and heart. You know what I mean? And so, um, but what he doesn't say, right? We, it's important to ask, well, what it doesn't say is that the wrestling is not over, right? He always calls about Jews and he always says, yes, the barriers, barriers, guys, like, but it doesn't mean that we don't struggle with those things. Right? In Ephesians, he makes it really clear uh, the role of Jesus Christ in accordance to, to what he's talking about. So Ephesians 1, uh, verses 7 through 10. Next. Oh, it's right there. Do you want to go ahead and read it again? In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which proposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. So I want to camp on the mystery, right? Carrying the interns, um, we talked about this in one of our Bible studies, is what does he mean by the mystery? And he, he, he refers to Jesus Christ as the answer to that mystery. And what it was uh, that we figured out was everything that happened in the, in the, New, in the Old Testament, right? Everything that happened before Jesus Christ was a mystery, right? It was like, okay, like, okay, Sodom and Gomorrah, okay, why? Like, we know why, it's like, but everything up to this point was just very superficial. All we had was something in, in writing, that all we did. So they were doing the best they could, like, but then Jesus Christ came along, and he sacrificed Jesus Christ, and what that was was like, kind of like that, that puzzle piece that finally got put into place, and all of a sudden, light bulb moment, now we know what it really means to be in Christ, or be in God and be lawful. So the good takeaway here is that Jews weren't wrong, right? Paul uses spiritual knife hand all the time. It's like, but we, reading that uh, from a distance, we get the sense that, okay, the Jews were wrong, right? It's like, but the thing is, is that they weren't. They were just doing what they could with that. That was just their part of the plan. That was God's part of the plan for them. Right? It was all 
planned out. Up to that point, they had just been going on, on the Torah and on the Old Testament. That's what they lived on. So they weren't bad people, right? They didn't do it wrong. But, they were, but now the game has changed. So now the barrier is gone. Jesus Christ has died. Now this is what it looks like. We're moving forward now. It's not all that stuff is gone. Now this is what's new, right? Um, and that sort of feeds into the idea that, uh, you know, Jesus Christ solved all our problems. When in actuality, he didn't. He gave us a fighting chance. And to prove that, I just went ahead and read through all the Ephesians. I would love to go through Ephesians with you all tonight, but um, I don't have that much time. But I used a lot of, went to the passages where he describes the old and the new and adds some difference or whatnot. And I, I put some adjectives there for the old and the new. And I want you all to look at these um, and tell me, and look at it and, and decide which one, I guess, in your own mind, in your own hearts, um, which ones you identify with. Right? It's, the answer is you, you identify with both. Right? And that just goes to show that, you know, and that's sort of like the basis of this talk tonight, that Jesus, contrary to believe, did not solve all our problems. He gave us a fighting chance, so we're going to wrestle with things. That's what, and Paul is very, very adamant in that. That we're, even though Jesus Christ did die for his sins, we're still going to be struggling with that, whether we call ourselves Jews or Christians. Like we're going to be struggling with the old, and we're going to be struggling with the new. Wrestling, so to speak. Right? So take that, and basically what he's saying is like we're going to be wrestling with those things, whether it be inward, outward, whatever it may be, so we need to embrace it. We need to go deeper. So taking that mindset, I'm going to go back to the Romans 2 for a second. The... Uh, Right here, and I actually have it on here. So, on the part that no, a person is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the spirit and not by the written code. Now, the Jews found their ID or their, their identification in the Torah and the written scripture and how they enforce the law in their own hearts. Um, but again, Paul is calling them deeper. So, what is, what is our written code, right? Okay. Uh, and Paul is calling us to be, to go deeper within the Bible. Okay, he's calling us to read the Bible, not read the Bible. And what does that mean? That means, for one, you're, you're going to struggle with this, right? You're never going to be 100% sure, 100% agreed with everything in this book, right? That, that's just something I just want to get off the plate. That's what this is all about. This is what Christianity is all about. So, uh, yeah, can you go to the next slide? So I, I just sort of made this up. It's the idea of capital R, read the Bible, and not, and, you know, lowercase, read the Bible. When I say, like, lowercase, read the Bible, uh, you see all these people who are, and somebody comes up to me and they say, yeah, I'm going through, like, a book a day, right? I'm opening the Bible, and I'm just going through, like, okay, you read it. Right? It's one thing to like memorize the scripture and it's like, but did you read it? Did it did it hit here? Right? And there and when you when you reach some of those points in the Bible where you you feel that sort of combativeness with inside, you need to stop. You need to go over in your head, reread it if you have to, talk to somebody. Just and most importantly, pray about it. I'm going to give you an example from my own life to make it a little bit more clear. Um, one of the biggest things that I, part in the Bible, 
uh, which actually is a huge part of being a Christian that I struggle with, is the idea of turning the other cheek. Right? Those of you who know me, um, <laughs> I don't turn the other cheek. Uh, that, is, that is not how I was raised. That's not, it just doesn't speak to me. Uh, but most importantly, I, I don't disagree with it, right? It's like I constantly strive to be that peaceful person, to be able to submit to my enemies and everything like that. It's like, but deep down in my own heart, it just doesn't happen. And this last, is funny that how this happened. Last Thursday, I was playing soccer, and I got cleated in the head. Um, for those of you who don't know, I did a sliding tackle, which basically means you're, you're going into and just like kind of trying to get the ball away from the guy, so you slide and you tackle him with your foot. Uh, it was a beautiful tackle. Um, I was quite proud of myself, um, but the guy was pretty angry, and so I was on the ground, and he comes up, and he just cleats me in the head. Um, the guy had issues. I don't know. He was just an angry dude. Uh, I've never played with him before, but, um, and he started crowding me. Well, I got up, and I pushed him off, and I started walking away. Now, I'm, I'm proud of myself for walking away, but, man, there was a lot of anger boiling. It's like, but and that's what I'm talking about, that's something that I wrestle with, right? And the thing is, is that is okay, right? That is okay. And so that's, and that's a huge part of being the inward Christian, right? But to make things harder, we not just call, we're not just called to look inwards, but we're also called to look outwards, right? But not one at a time. It doesn't work that way. God calls us to live in a community within the church and spread his ministry outside the church by looking inward or looking outward with an inward-looking angle. Now that's confusing as heck. So, but going back to the point of hypocrisy, uh, when he's talking about the idea that it's not just outward, but it's inward, it's both at the same time, what that really translates is into is, I need to be genuine. That calling of hypocrisy directly translates to be genuine. We owe, to e uh, we owe it to each other to be completely and totally genuine. The most genuine thing that a Christian can say to another Christian, especially to a non-Christian, is, I have doubts, right? That is, that is and that's something that we have a hard time saying. Uh, as Christians, me personally, I just wanna be the, that person that's always 100%, I'm on fire for God, um, but those doubts do creep up on me. It's a thing, and that's part of being a Christian. And doubt is something that we always wrestle with. Um, and so, and that is why Christians, being a Christian is so hard, and maybe from the outside of the church perspective, why the church can sometimes seem so wishy-washy is because we are basing our whole lives, everything that we're, our ethics, our values, everything, on something that we will never be 100% sure about. Everyone in this room has doubts. And as Christians, that is part of our I identity, right? This is how we're rooted in Christ. If there was a written code of ethics, right? Like an actual, not just the Bible, right? But the written code of ethics um, about what it means to be a Christian, I have doubt, should be at the very top of the list. And we all know this, right? I, and, and I think Christendom, why? Like within the kingdom of, of Christianity, I think we all know where this is. Like we all know this is true. But where this settles in our hearts, in some cases, that's when it falls into the wrong place. In some cases, somehow we have, we, I have doubts turns into, I'm not valuable as a Christian. And I have doubts about something. Um, that just means I just don't get it. There's something that's standing in my way, something not of God standing in my way. Or worst case scenario, 
my soul is in trouble, if I have doubts, then somehow I'm slipping away from God. And this is wrong, okay? And also dangerous, okay? If you have doubts about, you know, those red flags are telling you that God is losing your grasp on your heart, that's God calling you closer. He's not pushing you away. He's calling you closer. And the best example I can have um, for that um, is, I, I, I can't remember for the life of me the, the name of, this, of the hymn itself, but it starts off with, it says, and me and God are laughing and we're going on as friends do. Right? Just this whole hymn just paints out a beautiful picture of the relationship with God. It's almost like me and Damien's relationship, right? That's the, that's the kind of, of friend, because me and Damien are really, really close. That's the kind of friendship, that kind of relationship is what God wants. And I think as Christians, we kind of get into this mindset of God's up there and I'm down here, so it's going to look different between, like, it's not going to look like the relationship I have with Drew or Damien or with Carrie, right? It's like, but the idea of faith is having a relationship with somebody, or with with somebody, like I would have in, in physical contact with, with Drew, right? I can see him, but he's not there, right? That's, this, that's what living by faith actually means. So to give an example, let's say, um, of course, Drew and I are really good friends as well. Um, Drew does something, right? Something or says something that, that I don't like and, and I just don't agree with, right? Um, and he keeps on doing it, and I just say, you know what, I don't, want to, I, I don't want to be not his friend, right? I don't want him to get angry with me, so I'm just going to put that at, and sweep that under the rug in my own heart, and it's just going to stay there, right? Is that, is that relationship going to bloom, or is that going to get in the way, all right? That's the kind of relationship that God wants y'all to have. If you have doubts, if you have something, you know, God, like, I don't know why, you let some guy just go into a, into a school and shoot up them angels. I don't understand why people, bad things happen to good people. I don't know why that kind of reason. Don't sweep that under your heart. You know, God, I don't know why you make me so angry. I don't know why I'm just so, I feel like I'm just so primed to lose my temper. You know, but I'm not going to talk to you about that because to me, I feel like that's, that's just devaluing me as a Christian. That's something that I'm ashamed of and I don't want to talk to you about that because that is of the world. You know what I mean? When in actuality, it's like he's, he's calling you to come deeper. He's like, no, like, talk to me about it. Right? Pray to me about it. I want to be your friend. Right? So that's sort of the relationship with God that, wants us, that he wants to have us. So don't push away from these doubts. Embrace them. Um, and I really do like the idea about being genuine. And that, that works not only within the church, but also with outside the church. Um, and a other big part of Paul's mission was taking the, taking the divide of the Jews and the Gentiles, but more importantly, he preached the removal of barriers between anyone, right? The Holy Spirit is not a light switch where all of a sudden you say, I believe, and suddenly you're in the club and you're, you're an heir of Christ, right? We are all heirs of Christ, and even though some of us don't quote-unquote believe, we do wrestle, Right? Non-Christians wrestle with God as well. And this is the last sort of section, this, this last one. that I, It's going to be pretty bold, but I stand by it with all my heart. And I'm going to say it is that we as Christians have failed intellectuals in many ways. 
and to sort of nuance that, I'm going to bring in my own communication background, my own communication studies background, and I'm talk to you the idea of, of obsession, right? So obsession is a spectrum, right? Like a lot of people, we think that if somebody is obsessed with someone, it's an on or off switch, you know? Um, I'll use relationships, for example. Some people that go out of, come out of relationships, they just want to go back in, right? It's like a cycle. Um, and so you put them at, okay, really obsessed with being in a relationship, right? That's an obsession that is unhealthy. But sometimes when rejections come around, we just sort of swing to the other side of the spectrum and we say, you know, I'm never getting married. You know, I'm, I'm, I hate women. I hate guys. Guys are pigs. I'm done. You know what I mean? But that is still being obsessed with being in a relationship, right? What we, what we strive for is that when we've talked about being, being uh, at peace with being single, right? Being happy being single. We, we, we struggle to, or we work to get into that sweet spot, right? If it happens, it doesn't. Think of that in the terms of faith, right? You don't want to be so obsessed with God that you just sort of, so obsessed with God that you sort of miss things, right? You don't want to be outward, all the time where you start missing the, sort of the ugly stuff inside, right? It's like, but at the other end, and this is where I'm talking about like atheists and people like that, they're the, I just don't, I just don't believe in God or I hate God. It's like, but, but God is still on their minds. And that's something that we, we tend to overlook when it comes to intellectuals is that whenever that, that uh, statement comes up of, you know what, I cannot, I just cannot put my head around the idea of God. In my experience, that kind of conversation, whether it be with age or just people in general, our response has been, well, let me just throw out a piece of, of, of the verse. Let me just throw out scripture. Let me just, or it's, you know what, I don't even have that conversation. You're just not worthy, right? Or in this case, just stop thinking, right? Somehow I don't believe or I'm having trouble thinking about God means it turns into stop thinking. And that's just not... That's just not Christian, right? And I'll even prove it to you. And let's go back to Romans 2, verse 29, when he talks about, uh, I have it here. Okay, yeah, when he talks about the, no, a person is a Jew who is one that is inward, and circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the spirit, not by the written code. A lot of what we do when we hear these things is, let me just open the Bible, right? Let me just... Let me just look in here, and I, I swear you'll get it. Let me just look through here. It just doesn't work that way, right? He's calling us to look inward. So instead of saying, oh, you're not worthy, or here, let me pray for you, or well, prayer is good too in that kind of situation, but um, let me just blurt out a, 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 a Bible verse. Look inward. You know, I don't, I'm just having a hard time just wrapping my mind around God, the idea of God. I can't believe in somebody that I cannot look and touch. You know what? Shoot, we do too. I do too. That should be the response. Let's figure it out together because I struggle with that on a daily basis. I'm never going to be 100%. As a Christian, I'm never going to be 100% sure that he's real, and that's some, that is a thought that goes through my head every single day, and I struggle with it. You are asking the same questions, so let's figure it out together. That's what he's talking about. That's what Paul is talking about. That's the kind of organic conversation that Paul is calling us to do whenever we are confronted with these kind of situations, these kind of people, right? And it's important because we are here at, at UT Austin, right? Like we're, what rank are we as far as research schools? I think we're in 
it third the last time I saw her? Anyway, we're a campus full of thinkers, right? So thinking does not mean stop, or like, I, you know, intellectuality does not mean stop thinking, right? The being a Christian is extremely heartfelt. It's like, but does that not mean, that doesn't mean close your mind off to the idea of God, right? So, <clears throat> yeah, so again, like I said, these are, these are things that, again, like I can go on and on and on. And, and more importantly, I implore y'all to, or challenge y'all to look within yourselves and really find those places where you, you just maybe disagree a little bit. Or maybe you're just not quite at a point of, of, of peace within your heart about something about God that, that you've been taught or that you maybe see, especially if you see it in the Bible. Um, because these are things that, that God is calling you to embrace, not to push away. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pray this out. Uh, dear Lord, just thank you. Um, thank you for one for the great turnout tonight. I know we got a lot of a lot of great people, um, and I just want to thank you for for being within me tonight um, and giving this message. It's just been it's been a really really big honor of mine, um, and I want to pray for everybody in this room and any kind of wrestling um, that we may be going through right now in our own hearts. It's something that sometimes we shy away from, and maybe we don't quite understand uh, the placement in our hearts of these things, but it's definitely something that we know that you're calling us to, to embrace. Um, we just want to get close to you, God, um, and form that relationship and that bond with you. Um, and most importantly, um, the bond between brother and sister and building those bonds. And also um, the people who are outward, um, people who are outside the church and people who just haven't found you yet, Lord. And, uh, we want to be your instruments, and, and that, that calls for looking inward. Um, and I just pray for peace on everybody. I know it's it's been a rough, rough couple of weeks, and it's going to get uh, to crunch time here at UT, so I pray that everybody just gets good rest um, and, and is able to find peace within everything, the anxiety, the struggles, the wrestling, all of it, Lord. And I just pray that in, in your name. Amen. Thanks, y'all.